0: Hey, teachers, before we get started, we have a quick announcement. We're really excited because registration is open for our new summer workshop, Limitless Potential, an Enneagram roadmap for educators.
1: One of our highest callings as an educator is to discover and develop potential. We love recognizing an undeveloped strength in ourselves or in our students. We all love witnessing those light bulb moments when we can literally see potential come to life.
0: In this workshop, you will learn about the tool of the Enneagram. You're not just going to learn your type. You're also going to learn the key to understanding yourself and others in ways that will help improve your relationships, communication, lesser motivation and management, and ways to help reduce the effects of trauma. The more we understand people, the more we can change lives for the better.
1: We'd love to see you June 6, 2024 in Dubuque, Iowa. For more details, head to our website at InspiredTogetherTeachers.com.
0: Have you ever struggled to motivate yourself to do something? Have you ever struggled with student motivation? Have you felt like a lack of motivation also affects your family members or friends? Well, listen up because today's episode will rock your world. Hey teachers, have you struggled to balance your work life and your home life? Do you want to make a difference and still feel like you can be present and purposeful in your life outside of school? Welcome to the Inspired Together Teachers podcast.
1: This is not your typical professional development. We focus on you, not strategies to teach content.
0: We're Paula and Michelle, award-winning educators with the passion, knowledge, and experience to support you as you navigate the challenges of our profession. Are you ready?
1: Let's get started. Let's set the stage for talking about motivation. You've probably said or heard something like this. My students just aren't motivated. Well, that's not true because they are motivated. We're always motivated to do something. We're all motivated in different ways and for different reasons. In education, no one ever wants to talk about motivation. They want to talk about classroom management. And I get it because everyone struggles with classroom management. But if you really want to understand classroom management, you have to understand motivation. The best classroom management is understanding how and why students are motivated. Motivation is intrinsic. It's an inside job. You can't really motivate anyone else, but here's the secret. You can set the stage for motivation to occur. When students aren't motivated, we can't fix the problem unless we understand how they are motivated. So how do we do that? We're going to talk about Daniel Pink and his book, Drive, and the ideas about motivation that will be really helpful for you.
0: When we came across Daniel Pink's book, Drive, it really did change the way that we saw motivation. We both were talking about it and saying, this book is life-changing. It's so important. And it wasn't written for educators. He has a little bit at the end about how this applies to educators, but it was really written for people in the business world, which is a theme that you'll hear in our different podcasts. A lot of motivation and a lot of self-help is happening in the business world, but not in the education world. Daniel Pink's book really breaks motivation down into Three key factors. One is autonomy. One is mastery and one is purpose. So we're going to spend some time in this podcast looking at autonomy, mastery, and purpose and how all of these involve intrinsic motivation that comes from within. It's not something that you can make happen for somebody else. It's an intrinsic motivation. And we're going to give examples directly from each of our experiences. We have written about this topic in many blog posts. And we'll put links to those in the show notes. Today, we really want to spend some time looking at the key ideas ideas from Daniel Pink's book, Drive of Autonomy, Mastery, and Purpose.
1: And let's talk a little bit about the first one of those, autonomy. Autonomy is choice, choice of task, choice of how to do the task, choice of partner, choice of how you show your learning. There's a million ways that you can include choice. And the idea of having choice gives you autonomy. You don't need to have all the choices, but we all like some choice in what we do or how we do it. Dan Pink has a great quote, control leads to compliance, autonomy leads to engagement. And don't we always want engagement? If we could get students engaged, if we could get our children engaged in something that we want to get them engaged in, we aren't going to have so many problems with classroom management or, you know, having to control things. I think that's a great idea to hang on to, that control will lead to compliance, but autonomy will lead to engagement.
0: If you think about yourself in your professional workplace, when you are given autonomy by leadership, by your principal, and they say, we have a workday today, what is it that you want to do with your workday? Wow, instead of being managed, you get to have a choice of what your day looks like. And that really matters to a lot of us, just that small amount of autonomy. If we say we're going to spend the day looking at our RTI results, our multi-tiered system support, whatever you're calling it in your school district, for the leadership, to say, how do you want this day to be structured to do that? We all know that makes all the difference in our workplace when we're given just that little bit of choice, that autonomy in our work.
1: It really is helpful. If you think about being engaged and being motivated to do something or being interested in doing something, and then it turns out that you're micromanaged, it will kill your motivation I had an example once with a principal who actually only worked in the district a very short amount of time, just a few months, but I was very motivated. I was very engaged. I was very much a hard worker. I loved my job and she came in and basically treated us all like we were a bunch of slackers and she was always saying, I want this at this time and you will do this at this time and you will write your lesson plans on Tuesday after school and you will have your team meeting at four o'clock on Thursday and she micromanaged every little thing thing about our day. And it was soul sucking to the point where I don't even want to do my job anymore. That's what micromanaging and giving you no autonomy can turn into if you're not careful.
0: And I think as teachers with our students or maybe even as parents with our children, looking at how much autonomy we are giving them. I remember a student one time who was always crawling under his desk, or just sitting under his desk. I said, why are you sitting under your desk? I don't know. I just want to sit here. Well, sit at your desk and do the work. He's kept crawling under his desk. And one day I just handed him his work and I said. I don't care if you sit under your desk as long as you're doing the work. Is that where you want to work? And he said, yes, I just want to work under my desk. And I gave him the work and he did it under his desk and it was beautiful. That doesn't mean you can always work under your desk, but just that day and that moment, giving that student that choice, that autonomy made all the difference.
1: That reminds me of a great story too. I had a student one time, his name was Adam, and he was just fidgety and Adam just needed to move. And he was always off task and he could never listen. And one day he just got up and he went in the back of the room and he started pacing in the back of the classroom. He wasn't, you know, interfering with anything. It looked like he was listening. Nobody else was really paying any attention to him. And I just let him walk back and forth in the classroom. And then afterwards, I said, Adam, you know, what were you doing? Just walking around back there. And he said, hey, Ms. B, I can't really pay attention when I'm just sitting. I need to hear when my feet are moving. Thought, wow, that's amazing self-awareness. As long as he wasn't bothering anybody else, he had autonomy to do that. But that's the rule. You can always set the rule. You know, if you're walking up and down the aisles and popping people on the head with a pencil, yeah, that's not going to work so well. A perfect example of how autonomy really does help.
0: I think we can all see from these examples, and I'm sure that people listening have many of their own examples in their personal or professional lives when autonomy really increased motivation. The second point that Dan Pink brings in is that you also need mastery, that desire to get better and better at something that matters. So if you have autonomy, great. If you have autonomy and mastery, even better. That desire to get better and better at something that matters, you'll be more motivated. There's a lot being written right now about gamification in the classroom. And that doesn't mean token reward system. It means leveling up. We think about kids who play video games. They can sit for hours and hours and hours and retry and retry and retry to be able to move to that next level because they know that there's mastery. There's not that consequence for getting it wrong. In the end, all that really matters is are you able to reach that goal? And we are much more motivated when we know that we don't have to be perfect about something the first time. And that gamification, if you haven't read about it, it's really interesting pedagogical shift. Kids have quests. Kids have levels that they need to meet by themselves or with their group so that they understand the final goal and they know that they just have to get better and keep working on it to get there.
1: We all like to be able to master things and we can get really absorbed in something if we think we can master it. On the other end of that, sometimes if we absolutely know that we cannot master it, there's just no way, then we're not going to be motivated to do it. I think that comes into play in school when students are given a task that's far beyond their ability. If they're reading at a second grade level and they're supposed to read something in a Dorian, you know, questions and things that are at a seventh grade level, they can't do it. They know that They can't do it. They're not even going to try to do it. They're just going to shut down, shut the book, cause behavior problems, check out, go to sleep. They're going to do something else. So we also have to believe that we can do it. And that works in our own life as well. If there's something that you believe that you can do, then you go after it. I believe that I can be a really fast swimmer, so I'll go after that. But I know there's not a chance in the world that I'm ever going to be a fantastic golfer. I have hand-eye coordination issues. It's never going to work for me. But if somebody is like, okay, you have to do this, you have to do this, I'm not interested. I want to do things that I know I can improve.
0: I'm doing Duolingo right now, like many of our listeners may be doing, and I'm trying to learn a new language and I'm trying to get better at it. And that little owl who pops out and tells me I'm doing a good job or that I can try again. It doesn't matter that I failed all the letter identification (laughs) questions. It just makes me feel better. I'm doing it. I'm motivated to do it because I can get better and better at it. And I know that there's mastery without some high stake consequences for not getting it right the first time. Yeah, I like that
1: lack of high stake consequences. That sometimes is where punishment comes in. If you don't do this, you're going to get this punishment. And that adds another whole level to the mix of understanding what mastery is and why people are drawn to it and why they want to master it. But if you think of something in your life that you love to do, a hobby that you have or, you know, Duolingo and something that you like and that you're interested in, you're probably very engaged in it because you know that this is something you can do and you're interested and you want to master it. And it's very intrinsically motivating.
0: Absolutely. The final talking point that Dan Pink throws out there for us is purpose. So we've talked about autonomy, the choice, the mastery, that knowing you can get better at something that matters. But the final talking point is purpose. And I love this quote so much from his book. He says, The most deeply motivated people, not to mention those who are most productive and most satisfied, hitch their desires to a cause larger than themselves and that's purpose. What's that cause that's larger than you? Think about the purchasing that you might do. Lots of people bought Tom's shoes because they knew the money went to a good cause. Maybe you buy fair trade products, or maybe you like to buy ethically sourced food or materials. Maybe like me, you're learning Duolingo because you're going to travel somewhere and you have a purpose for learning that language to be able to communicate with people where you're traveling.
1: I think that we can also see an example of purpose in the world today, especially since the pandemic. But I think even before that, in the idea of quiet quitting or job quitting, especially millennials and Gen X, people are asking themselves, when am I going to get to do something that matters? When will I like my job? When can I make a difference? How can I live my best life? We all want to be part of something important, something bigger than us. And we can see the effects of that today with people quitting. The money, the status, other extrinsic rewards are not enough to keep people in their jobs. People want jobs where they can connect the job to their values and to feel purposeful in doing something that serves the world. And one really great thing about that need to feel purposeful is that in education, most of us who stay in this profession are in it because we see a higher purpose we know that what we are doing matters and we feel that and we know it deeply and even when times are tough that purpose keeps us here
0: so you may be wondering okay autonomy mastery purpose they're all great thanks dan pink for putting together all of the research on motivation and giving that to us But how are we going to solve our motivation problems and solve I did with air quotes here? How do we solve that? Because there is no easy answer.
1: The first step, of course, is sort of understanding how people are motivated and that they're motivated in different ways. For example, some people are really motivated by competition. They will get all excited and they love games and they love to win. And you've probably played games with family members, or maybe you are that person. I'm going to win. And that's the end of the story. And you're very competitive. And that is really motivating for you. That doesn't motivate me at all. I'd be like, oh, you want to win really badly. Okay. I'll let you win. I don't care. That's not what it's about for me. But understand, Understanding that we are motivated
0: in different ways, and that one size motivation does not fit all. Absolutely. I think another part is looking for opportunities to really teach people the purpose of why they're doing things, to teach your children the purpose of why they're doing things, to teach your students the purpose. Often when we're teaching, we think that our teaching partners or our students understand the purpose of something because we understand the purpose of something. And if we don't explicitly say the purpose or help somebody make a connection to that purpose, they may not be invested in it at all. In they may not see where we're going with that. Bumping that up a bit is letting the students pick something that holds a greater purpose for them and saying what really matters to you that you want to do. I know that Michelle really likes the so what, who cares, what does this have to do with me approach to a lesson, making sure people know that before we even get started and I love that. I've learned that from her. Let's get the students understanding so what? You no, know, who does care How, what does this have to do with me?
1: And that actually came from students themselves. Um, when I taught middle school, students would be doing something. they so what? Who cares? This doesn't have anything to do with me. I don't want to do this. This is boring. Why should I know this? And so I started throwing it back at them. It actually had a sign on my wall and it said, so what? who cares? What does this have to do with me? And so, you know, I found many opportunities to throw it right back. So, all right, we're going to learn this today. What does this have to do with you? Let them think of, how could I use this in the world? What would this be useful for? Very motivating to understand why you're doing something. One of our former teaching colleagues, both all and I used to teach special education and she would be teaching kids about uh, money. And it was kind of a dry unit, circle the quarters, circle the dimes, two quarters plus three nickels equals how many cents. And she said, the kids hated it. we were really bored with it. So she started out her lesson by saying this, okay, who wants to be rich? Today, I'm going to teach you what you need to know if you want to be rich. And I thought, wow, that is purpose. Who doesn't want to buy into that? and know that you're not just counting up quarters and dimes, but this is how you take care of your money and how you
0: understand money. I think this all wraps up to perspective, putting yourself in the other person's perspective, making sure that they have some autonomy, making sure that they have a chance to get better at what they're doing and to understand the purpose. We all want that in our life. And so how can we intersperse those kind of non-motivating tasks with those that might be more motivating
1: Another really good idea is especially useful for yourself in your home life. Sometimes you just don't feel motivated to do something. Like I usually don't feel motivated to exercise, especially in the winter. It's cold. I have to put on boots and a coat. There's all the excuses in the world, but sometimes action inspires motivation. If you just get started, if you get started with something, even if you don't feel like you want to do it, pretty soon you're caught up in it. You find yourself being involved in it and you're getting the task done in my in case I'm getting the exercise done
0: yes for you it's the pool once you get in there for some student it might be knowing the habit of every dinosaur and and really just building off taking the perspective of the other person finding out what really for you would give you some sense of autonomy mastery or purpose and building off that so let's recap a little bit about what we talked about today Understanding
1: how motivation works is key to creating circumstances for motivation to occur. We are motivated by having autonomy, the opportunity to master things, and by finding purpose in our work. Once you understand this, it can change your life.
0: In true teacher fashion, we're going to end our podcast with homework. Our homework for you today is to take the time to think about motivation. Look for examples of autonomy and mastery and purpose in your own life and in your teaching. Find a spot where there's a lack of motivation towards something you want or something your students might want to do, and then add autonomy, mastery, purpose, or all of them to the equation to see what happens. If you can add these three things, DM us and tell us how it worked. Even if you were able to just add one of them, tell us how it worked. We'd love to know.
1: And in closing, if you want some ideas to help you take action, you can grab our free guide, the Inspired Teacher's Guide to Taking Back Your Life. And we'll link to that in the show notes on our website,
0: inspiredtogetherteachers.com. That's all for today. Class dismissed. Thanks for listening to today's episode.
1: If you'd like to continue
0: the conversation, join us on Instagram and Facebook at Inspired Together Teachers. Or head to our website, InspiredTogetherTeachers.com for more podcast episodes, our award-winning blog, and free guides to help you be your best. Until next time, may you be inspired in your work life and home life to live your best life.